Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B&E. What's B&E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin talks sports. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping in bed. No more back thinking, time for thinking ahead. The world has changed so very much from what it used to be. There's so much hatred, war, and poverty. Yes, ma'am, you had better get them up, get them out. Wednesday on B&E, off we go. Four hours of fun and conversation begin right now. Historic offensive night in Major League Baseball. Balls were flying out of ballparks last night around Major League Baseball to a uh, record-setting tune. Rangers taking two straight over the Rays. Astros dropped their series opener in Colorado. We'll talk plenty of baseball. We have uh, preseason football conversation as well. New York Jets go to training camp today, the first of the 32 NFL teams to open their training camp. We'll dive into some NFL. Also, college football, of course, media days continuing across the landscape. SEC media days day two yesterday, including the two-time defending champion Georgia Bulldogs talking about a three-peat in Athens this year. They were in Nashville yesterday. We heard from Kirby Smart coming up uh, day three of the uh, media days in Nashville today. We'll talk uh, all things college football. Also, uh, news from the Pac-12. Doesn't look like the Pac-12 will have a new media rights deal in place on Friday when they have their media day. That is concerning as far as uh, more conference realignment uh, rumors swirling. We'll dive into that as well. So it's going to be a busy Wednesday. Get you up over that hump and appreciate you being there on this 19th of July and plenty of conversations to be had. Appreciate you finding us on 104.9, maybe 1019, could be AM 1260. And, of course, we're always streaming for you digitally. The way to go these days is fire up that Horn app. Uh, take us wherever you go, a couple of pushes of a button, and you're listening to us uh, live and local and digital anywhere you can find the Internet. Also uh, on our Horn app and on your smart speaker at home and work. Now, Bucky is out this morning. He's got some uh, uh, issues to deal with this morning. He'll be back hopefully soon. But look who is here. He is Nick Shuley, the uh, president of the Austin Music Movement and our live music update guy, also working with the uh, Texas One Fund and the Clark Field Collective with the University of Texas in their NIL initiatives and just to uh, Lifetime Austinite is hanging with us this morning. What's up, man? What's going on, y'all? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, Ty Henderson is here as well. Also, we'll tell you that uh, good morning to the, men, to the men and women at Fort Cavazos, Texas. Uh, all our military installations throughout the uh, state, around the country, and all over the world doing what they do so we can do what we do as we get this thing cranked up. Yeah, we're going to uh, have a busy morning and a lot to do. I will also tell you that the uh, radio station has put out a statement this morning uh, on the 
upcoming changes to the radio station. I know there's been a lot of curiosity, a lot of conversation in the market that we were unable to address as far as uh, specifics. There are more pieces of news out, which we will read for you coming up and uh, certainly can talk about. Uh, Specs text line 512-337-3776. If you want to read that statement in full, it's been posted to our Twitter account and on our Facebook page and other social media areas. But, yes, it's uh, uh, changing times. Here in the month of July at the Horn, we uh, are no longer the flagship, Nick, for the University of Texas. That came down, uh, and there are other programming changes that are coming uh, down the road. But uh, appreciate you being here. How are you, my friend? You said you were at the Jackson Brown concert last night. Yeah, I, I was. I, uh, I took my dad out to to see him. Uh, I took the, the person who introduced me to his music growing up, and uh, I got to take him to that, which was pretty cool and pretty nice moment to share with him. So this was Jackson Brown at the um, ACL Live at the Moody Theater. Correct. Uh, so what about three thousand? What are they? How many? How many is that hold? I've been there many times. I can't. I don't know. I've never known an official uh, head count in that place. I think it's roughly. I think it's twenty three hundred. It's somewhere between twenty three and twenty eight hundred. I, I don't quote me on that, but it, it's a, definitely a nice size and just sounds. It always sounds great. And Jackson played the hits. He played kind of two sets with a little break in between, which was nice. And you know, I was uh, telling you, I like, I like being able to sit down at concerts. I guess that's the mark that I'm, <laughs> You're that I'm old, old now. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, but ha- yeah, I had a great time. He opened with the Warren Zevon cover and Warren Zevon is, I'll say it controversially, my favorite American songwriter of all time. Really? I th- yeah. I think he's fantastic. You I can, love this. You can tell a lot about a, uh, an, an artist by who, uh, who gets on their tribute record when they pass away? And uh, Warren Zevon, the lineup on that tribute record, uh, if you've never heard it, you should check it out. It's got everyone from Don Henley to, you know, to Bonnie Raitt. Adam Sandler does Werewolves of London, and it's fantastic. It's just a great – Reckless Kelly's actually on that record too. Oh, cool. Uh, with Steve Earle. <laughs> Reckless Kelly, uh, Cody and uh, Willie and the gang, the Braun brothers. Love that. Uh, yeah, Jackson Brown, 74 years young. How did he? How did he look? Spry, still still looking looking like he can bring it or what? Yeah, he looks he looks fit or he's at least slim and uh, and he uh, he he hit the hit the notes and you know running on empty in some of those songs. So he's he's still got it. The guy's a fantastic songwriter and it was just a good night and I think my dad had a good time and he got to see uh, barricades barricades of heaven, which is his favorite song. So it was cool. How about you taking your dad? You and you and pops <laughs> doing the Jackson Brown thing last night. That's what it's about with live music in Austin, Texas, and. Uh, that's pretty cool. And thanks for getting up early and joining us here this morning. Ty Henderson is through the glass. Uh, T.Y., you ready to crank this thing up, my friend? Uh, how are we doing? Everybody good? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get the headlines. <laughs> Trending topic to start a Wednesday morning. News of the news of uh, this 19th. UBO Business Services brings it to you. We'll start with college football. Day two of SEC Media Days yesterday. Uh, in Nashville, the two-time defending champion Georgia Bulldogs were the center of attention there yesterday among the four schools. Head coach, coach Kirby Smart and his dogs again loaded, likely to open the season as the preseason number one team in the country. Uh, they will attempt to become the first team to win three straight national championships since the University of Minnesota did so during the Great Depression. Biggest concern for Georgia and their head coach Kirby Smart yesterday, how to fight complacency. It's like a constant improvement for us, right? Better never rests. And we firmly believe that. So, you know, we've done a lot of studies this offseason at things we can do better and things we can improve on. And uh, our kids understand that, that uh, that we don't want to be just a football factory. We want to produce people that are um, quality citizens that do a great job in the community. And I'm constantly evolving as a coach. And I've talked about it several times here today that, that I think the best thing I've done is uh, allow 
coaches to do their job. Take a step back and say, you know what, maybe it's not better that I sit in this meeting and tell somebody what I think they should do. It's probably better that I let them do it and just oversee it and spend more time with the players. Day three of SEC Media Days are today. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky. The four teams in attendance at the Grand Hyatt in downtown Nashville. Also from College Football, the Mountain West Conference informed San Diego State University last night that that school will remain a member of their conference. News comes on the eve of their media days, which begin tomorrow. Uh, And it comes over a month after it appeared SDSU was set to exit the conference and attempt to join the Pac-12. The attempt to move to the Pac-12 was complicated by the fact that that conference still does not have a new media rights deal in place. And according to CBS Sports this morning, the Pac-12 will not have a deal to announce at its media days on Friday, leaving members with plenty of uncertainty and rumors of further conference realignment continuing to swirl. Major League Baseball last night break up the ALS leading Texas Rangers. They've taken the first two games of their showdown series with the AL League, the American League's top team, the Tampa Rays. All-star right-hander Nathan Eovaldi pitched two-hit ball over six scoreless frames last night. Mark Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager provided plenty of offense at the top of the order. Rangers take down Tampa 5-3. Evaldi matched the major league lead with his 11th victory uh, in that win last night. They'll go for the sweep. Second place Astros dropped their series opener in Colorado 4-3. And Round Rock dropped their series opener back at Dell Diamond last night to Reno 6-3. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. All right, so uh, Georgia, the center of attention at SEC Media Days. We'll get into the uh, station announcement coming up uh, at the bottom of this hour, and we'll get some B&E facts of the day this hour. But uh, uh, Georgia Bulldogs, the team to beat, Nick. I mean, uh, I mean, they, they took a bit to, to break through the ceiling and win that national championship. There were the near misses for Kirby Smart. But, man, they have uh, you know toppled mighty Alabama as the team to beat on a year-by-year basis, and you just heard Kirby Smart. Uh, pretty impressive what they've built in Athens, and they'll come back even without Stetson Bennett, who's off to the NFL after, what, seven years in college or whatever <laughs> he was. Uh, he's off to play for the L.A. Rams, but um, I think a young guy named Carson Beck, uh, sophomore, is going to be their starting quarterback. But with their lines of scrimmage, with their defense they put on the field, the you know tight end like Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey at receiver, I mean, they're back and loaded, and until someone can knock them off and knock them off the mountaintop, they're the team to beat. Yeah, that that they've got it. They've got it cranking there. Kirby's the first. He is the first one out of all the the kind of Saban, uh, like Saban coaches to really kind of take the take the mantle and and go with it. And it's funny to hear him talk because he talks. He's saying all the same stuff Saban says and and Belichick says, which is the the do your job and and kind of stay in your lane. And that seems to be seems to be uh working at both of those programs. And I think I think Sark actually preaches that pretty heavily too. So hopefully we can start to see some of that go through the the Longhorn program. That's the hope, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> that uh you know Kirby Smart learned at the feet and of course Kirby liked Nick Saban, defensive-minded, uh hard-nosed and uh, you know he is the, obviously the most successful of the Nick Saban tree that have moved on. Um and the hope is Steve Sarkeesian can be part of that as as he's the offensive guy. Uh but Texas is cranking it up, but yeah, Georgia you just got to, you got to, they're just so, you know, well-coached, eh, but also so talented. And, uh, you know, Kirby, it's the it's the the stacking of great recruiting classes over on top of one another. And then, as you just heard, it's a, it's a culture. They've built something pretty special there. Uh, you know, think of the, the back-to-back national championships, but who are the star offensive players, right? You just did it, I mean, Stetson Bennett. I mean, <laughs> you walk on quarterback who, certainly I mean, he made huge plays and stepped up big, but at the same time, it's it's less about him and it's about the entire team that uh, 
just overwhelms you with with their their size up front on both sides. The the defense is just you know rock 'em sock 'em, and you know they don't have they don't have star offensive players typically, and it, it's just a you know a well built outfit that you, you know, they're going to be preseason number one again, but you probably can't most most even uh, big college football fans won't be able to name you know kind of the fantasy football stuff. Who's their quarterback? Who's their receiver? Who's their running back? They won't be able to name that, but they're still going to be preseason number one and a team that, you know, very well could go on and win a third straight national championship. Brock Bowers, though. That's the yeah. name. Yeah, Bowers and McConkey too, with his bloodline, I think. But, yeah, I agree. It's it's There's not a lot of names on there that you know, but you know they're reloading. You yeah. know those recruiting classes have been stellar. Yeah, well, I mean, in the day and age of you know, fantasy football and who catches all the passes and scores all the touchdowns, Georgia's you know they're 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 an outlier in that regard. That they they they, they do it with defense, they do it with uh, team football. But Brock Bowers is the name. He was there yesterday in Nashville. You know, he is is he a receiver? Is he a tight end? Is he an H back? I mean, what position does he play? He's a kid out of uh, California who's come all the way across the country to Georgia and just. Uh, um, you know, matchup problem. One of them. You know, he he's a guy that some people think if he, you know, George will be preseason number one. If he gets off to a good start and you know has some big moments, he could be in the Heisman conversation at at a odd position. I mean, he's a big kid, but they they flank him out at receiver. You know, the Longhorns would argue that they have a guy like J J T Sanders who could be a similar type player uh, here at Texas. But Brock Bauer is one of the best players in the SEC. Uh, I don't think a, high, a tight end can win the Heisman Trophy, but uh, he will be in the conversation as one of the best playmakers in all of college football. For sure. Without a doubt. Uh, interesting note for Longhorn fans is that, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of Texas-based media there in Nashville this week uh, getting ready for the Longhorns to join the SEC next year. Of course, we told you yesterday that Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the conference, announced that uh, SEC media days will be in Dallas. Next July, so uh, as the Longhorns in Oklahoma enter that conference, the the the, the conference is coming to the Lone Star State to start their 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 season next year. Uh, well, so like obviously a lot of them were there, and they were asked they they were talking to the Georgia players that were there about A. D. Mitchell, right? The Longhorn transfer who came in from Georgia, um, one was part of those back-to-back national championship teams, caught a touchdown pass, and. You know, each of the semifinal and the championship game last year did the same thing the year before, and he's now a Longhorn. It's interesting. Brock Bowers was asked about A.D. Mitchell as it was uh, Joe Cook of Inside Texas asked Brock, and he said uh, his quote was, A.D. was one of the twitchiest dudes I've ever seen. He could take one step and then be heading the opposite direction at full speed. He's just an impressive player. I'm hoping the best for him at Texas. Um, yeah, he's impressive in person too. He is a he's a tall kid. He's not he's not a big kid as in as in weight wise. Like he's he's kind of built more like a Xavier that's like skinnier. But the kid is kind of looks like a basketball player. Yeah, we're, and then you've got I mean we forget about Isaiah Nayor too. That I mean he is he's a beast and he's about six four too. So we've got some big kids. But I agree, you can just you can just tell by the way AD moves that that kid is is tough to you know tough to guard. And it's nice to have. It's nice to have somebody like that that comes from that winning pedigree, especially in that receiver room. And that, I mean, that receiver room, you're talking about kids like, you know, DeAndre Moore, who's this insane recruit that, uh, like, how, how does that kid get on the field with, with the talent we have, with Jonte Cook, with Jordan Whittington, with all these guys? Like, they are stacked, but good to have a kid like that coming from a winning pedigree, too, to come in there and help, and yeah. help get that going. Uh, Bulldogs uh, preseason All-SEC defensive back Kamari Lasseter was asked about A.D. Mitchell and said, A.D.'s a great player. I had the luxury of guarding him day in, day out. We went to battle, battled for two years. He's a really good player, really shifty, really dynamic, really good catch radius overall, just a really good player. So, 
you know, that's, you know, and people, why did he leave Georgia? Uh, Ward, when he transferred, was he's from Texas originally. Um, grew up in, down in the greater Houston area, and then his family moved to Nashville, actually, when he was in high school, and then he ended up going to Georgia. But he's got a, he's got a baby yep. uh, that lives, I believe, in the greater Dallas area. And so he was looking to get back and uh, be closer to, to that child and to be closer to home, essentially. And I think, you know, A.D. Mitchell wanted to be able to shine in a, more of a pass-based offense, which is what Steve Sarkeesian's going to run. Uh, those reasons end it, land him in Texas. And A.D. Mitchell will be a part of it. I mean, just a part of a great receiver room. I don't think there's any doubt that Ohio State has the best duo of receivers, headlined by Marvin Harrison Jr. in Columbus. Uh, But Texas, when you're going Xavier Worthy, Isaiah Nayer, uh, Jordan Whittington back and uh, 20 pounds or 15 pounds lighter and looking the part, and then A.D. Mitchell. And I'll say this, having been at the spring game last April, I mean, the two players that just jumped off the fixture, there are three players for me. Uh, my eyeballs watching that uh, live that just jumped off the field uh, were Malik Murphy, a quarterback, uh, Anthony Hill Jr., the young linebacker, and then A.D. Mitchell, who made the one-handed catch in the end zone. And every time it felt like Quinn Ewers needed a big play, he would go to number five. Uh, just athletically, just, just you know, you could not see him, right, when, 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 when a big play was needed. And, of course, the one-handed catch in the end zone got made highlights on Sports Center. I mean, that's a really talented player. Uh, at a position where the long ones are already really talented. Yeah, and and once again, talking going back to that, what we talked about with Saban, with Georgia, like the having that depth and having those receivers push each other, that thing's going to take this receiver room to another level. And you know, you talk about, I know Xavier's got some some Heisman hype. It's like, how do you even how do you even distribute the ball to to all these kids? And I think it's a it's a a good problem to have, but it's you know it's what you want. It's what it looks like at Alabama every year, and it's what it. You know, it's starting to look like a Georgia at all, every single year. It's how you, it's how you kind of continually year in and year out win. Yeah, and obviously we just about Georgia being a lines of scrimmage team and you know dominant without the uh, the flashy skill players all the time. You know, Texas has a chance to have both, right? I mean, that's what Steve Sarkeesian has openly said. We want big humans. We know we're going to the SEC. We have to be big and physical. We got, we can't get pushed around. Uh, and once we get to the Southeastern Conference, but in their last year in the Big Twelve. They have a chance to have one of the top offensive and defensive lines in the conference and, as you just said, uh, skill players galore. You know, the question for Texas is going to be you know, the, the ceiling of Quinn Ewers and his maturity level at quarterback and then running back. I mean, Jonathan Brooks has to emerge, and, and you're replacing uh, one of the a generational talent in B. John Robinson and uh, a guy who would have been an every-down back in most, most years for Texas and Roshan Johnson. Uh, so is it Jonathan Brooks? Can he emerge? I mean, man, he, he he looked the part at times. And every time Steve Sarkeesian said this earlier in the week, he said, or actually last week at Big Twelve Media Days, he said every time every time we put him on the field, he does something right. We, he was playing behind two great players, but every time Jonathan Brooks would get a chance, he would do something. You know, fourth quarters of games, and then in the bowl game, he scored the touchdown. And um, they need him. That that becomes a key because I've said a lot. If they can run the football, if they can consistently run the football and give Quinn Ewers and these. Outside receivers, you know, play action and single coverage, they're going to be they're going to be really really difficult. They have a chance to be a a special offensive team. Yeah, Jonathan, he went for a hundred, didn't he? Go for a hundred a couple once or at least once, maybe yeah. twice last year. I mean, he and we're talking in a quarter of play, and then you got you got C.J. Baxter coming in, which I, you know you just hear incredible things about him, and I think we forget about Keelan Robinson. We've got. There, there's an abundance, and uh, I think well, who's the back? Who's the other back? Uh, Jaden, Jaden Blue. Blue, right? Jayden yeah, Blue. there's 
the the talent level in the in the running back room is great, but it's different from the receiver room and that it, it's a little unproven. But I think we've got we've got a lot there too. Yeah. Well, hey. look, I mean, Texas wants to challenge and be a part of that bigger picture conversation. Start with first things first, or Rice Owls in forty six days. But then you know, can you win the Big Twelve? Can you win the Big Twelve? Can you? Um, be, 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 can Steve Sarkeesian be a champ, become a championship coach? These are things that you know Kirby Smart was building towards and trying to to kick through that door, and he certainly has. And now they're sitting on top of the mountain. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian would like to become the uh, next Nick Saban protege to uh, to rise to those levels, but a lot of work to be done at the Forty Acres before that can be even dis- discussed at this point uh, for the long run. But you're right about the running backs. I mean. Uh, the other guy that they moved, remember they moved the wide receiver Savion Red. Oh, that's right. To running back, and uh, boy, he had got rave reviews for his work in, in spring. And Savion was a kid who was a high school quarterback uh, out of the Metroplex. Came in and they moved. He was playing receiver last year, and Steve Sarkeesian said the whole thing with Savion Red was by design. Like uh, we knew what we had when we got him. He's just a just a raw uh, athlete who played quarterback, but about more of a running quarterback uh, in high school. And they wanted him to learn the, the route trees. They wanted him to learn wide receiver. And then now they've transitioned him over to running back where they believe, much like they have with Bijan, much like they think they have with a guy like Keelan Robinson, a guy that can do you know, positionless football. I mean, he, what yeah, is he it? looks like a Debo, Debo Samuel yes. starter kid. So you got Debo, and then you got a guy like Keelan who's kind of a Tony Pollard <laughs> starter kid or, you know, or something like that. And sure. it's, yeah, you've got all these. I mean that's a lot for a defense to adjust to, and uh, you know I, I think I think we've got the right offensive mind to hopefully take advantage of that. Plus, you got guys like JT Sanders that can line up anywhere. You've got matchup problems left and right for a lot of these defenses. Yeah, well, and then we mentioned the moon. We talked about Brock Bowers, but you know the X factor totally could be J, JT Sanders because yeah. <laughs> I mean that guy. Everything we just talked about. If JT Sanders continues to emerge, and as a junior now, remember. Uh, JT came in much like Anthony Hill from Denton Ryan, Denton Ryan High School as a five-star player, just a great athlete. Like, what position will he play? Is he going to be a defensive end? Is he going to play tight end? He played kind of a wide receiver hybrid role in, in high school and was just so much better than everybody else. He'd be jumping up over dudes, one-handed catches, uh, just uncoverable. But in college, it's different. So, you know, Steve Sarkeesian gave JT Sanders a lot of credit that he was willing as a five-star player to kind of redshirt that first year and learn the position of tight end. Uh, understanding with Jeff Banks, the tight ends coach, that look, man, you can make a lot of money on Sundays if you buy into this position and you, you know, continue to develop your your blocking skills and become more of a physical player. And we saw that 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 show up last year, and he just got better and better as the year went on. Bucky always talks about get him involved early, make sure he and Ben Buck has a good keen eye on these kind of things. That you know, if he's not involved in the offense early, sometimes J.T. Sanders last year would. Kind of, kind of fade, and, and where's where's old old number zero? Uh, that's a guy that when you with the receiving talent and the running backs we just talked about, I mean that is a real problem. That guy is you know, who covers him. I mean linebackers can't stay with him. He's too big for most defensive backs if they get him matched up. And you have to be so focused on the receiving talent that guy's going to get single coverage. And uh, he's got basket. You know Steve Sarkeesian has said many times that Jatavion Sanders has the best hands on the team. Which, wow. And we've seen him, you know, catches in traffic. Uh, reaching out and snatching a ball, and you know Quinn Ewers, I think, continues to um, to make him, you know, a featured weapon. If he does, that offense again has a chance to be outstanding. So, looking forward to college football season. Forty six days out. Nick Shuley is here. Ty Henderson is here, and you are here. SEC Media Days hits day three today. Uh, Georgia, the center of attention yesterday. The Aggies, along with LSU, were on day one, and we heard from Jimbo Fisher and Brian Kelly yesterday. We'll hear more from Kirby Smart this morning. Today, Nick, it's uh, Alabama. 
Alabama. This will be interesting because the Longhorns will play the Crimson Tide week two. So if, if it's 46 days to the Rice game, that makes it 53 days to the Alabama game. Is that my math or 52, whatever the numbers will be? It's the only thing getting me through this heat is that countdown. <laughs> that countdown. <laughs> are, are, are you planning to go to Tuscaloosa? I I am kicking it around. I, I think I I think I might make the trip, but I I don't know. I think I think it's I think it's we're gonna have a good result there. That's my gut. So I, I kind of want to go to it. Uh, it feels like the it feels like th- those years where we lost to Ohio State at home and then won there. This kind of I feel that similar with this team. I'm hoping that that's the trajectory we're on on that. Okay, so uh, you're you're feeling good about the trip. The Longhorns have not played a. Game in Tuscaloosa, the Longhorn program, in more than 100 years. More than 100 years. They've played Alabama, but when they have, it's either been here, like last year, or in a bowl game, or a neutral site setting. They have not played an on-campus game at Alabama in more than 100 years. That will change on uh, week two of this college football season. And today, in Nashville, we'll hear from Nick Saban. He'll bring his players. Of course, there's, I don't want to say rebuild. They don't rebuild in Alabama, but they're... <laughs> Reload. They're reloading... But you're replacing a Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback who was the first pick of the draft. You're replacing your best defensive player that they've had. Nick Saban called him uh, you know, among the handful of best defensive players he's ever had in Will Anderson. Uh, he was the third pick of the draft to the Houston Texans. Uh, so there's talent there to, re- to be replaced. And there's new coordinators both on the offensive side of the ball with Tommy Reese coming in from Notre Dame. And a new defensive coordinator. We know Saban pretty much runs the defense, but there is a new coordinator of that side of the ball. So there is change at Alabama. And uh, whereas Steve Sarkeesian has, has talked about his coaching continuity and his same coaching staff pretty much for, for three years now, um, and he's got his returning quarterback and a lot of returning players, Alabama will replace a ton of talent and both coordinators. So we'll hear from Nick Saban today, and obviously we'll bring you the highlights of that as it happens throughout the day here on the Horn. So that's coming up. Uh, college football. We'll get into that Pac-12 situation. That is a mess. Uh, you know, George Klyavkov is the commissioner of the Pac-12. has uh, been trying to get some type of media rights deal done, but there just doesn't seem to be much out there. Because remember, he can't present a media rights deal that doesn't get to a number that's going to keep his membership happy. Uh, they're waiting on that. They're waiting on something. Because, look, the Big 12 has already told, Brett Yormark has already told schools like Arizona and Colorado, look, here's what we can offer you if you join the Big 12. And so far, George, the reason George Klyavkov, the commissioner there, has not presented a new deal is he has not closed one that, get, that gets to where the Big 12 is. And he knows if he presents something that's, that's significantly down from the Big 12, that he's going to have an exodus out of his conference because those schools are going to jump. Now, they're waiting patiently. Okay, put something in front of us, George. Uh, we, we'd like to stay here. But, you know, if, it, if it, we're talking about tens of millions of dollars on an annual basis uh, and, and the fact that they're going to their media days on Friday, Nick, and still not a deal in place, they're the only Power 5 conference without a – every other Power 5 conference has a media rights deal in place through the end of this decade. It's, uh, that Pac-12 is does not have one. Mind blowing. How like it, to me, and I, and I don't know enough about the facts, but I do know. I mean, my my whole family went to Washington State University, so I follow. I actually do follow this. Uh, and my uncle in Pullman is is very worried because I think a lot of these schools that are that like Washington State's going to be a school that probably gets left behind in that conversation, right? Like, because if this happens, the Arizonas and a lot of those flip to you know to the Big Twelve, and and I, it just to me there seems like there'd be a demand, especially with. You know all the basketball powers they have in that conference, and the you know the and some of the football teams like the USC's 
that and maybe it's just a you know it obviously is they're not getting to that exact number of what's needed but what an important conference and and I know I know all of us here like having that those later games to to kind of watch once all our games are done yeah well we'll see and again if they can't get there there's been multiple reports that Colorado and Tech and the Big 12 have been deep in talks um, Arizona is in the mix there uh, as a conversation as well so we'll follow that coming up it's a busy week of media days SEC. As we mentioned, Mountain West, and you know, interestingly, that they announced last night the Mountain West at San Diego State is welcome back. We'll give them their money back. Uh, they tried to play the move to the Pac-12. They were trying to make themselves available, and again, this Pac-12 deal hasn't gotten done. Uh, so San Diego State had to beg their way back into the Mountain <laughs> West because they were about to be left out. Which, if you connect dots and you know the dominoes begin to fall, this thing there still could be some serious conference realignment coming. Um, based on them not having a deal secured by this Friday, uh, which is really interesting. End of July now, headed into 2023. All right, we'll come back. We will address the uh, statement released by the radio station this morning and uh, the, the changes that are coming. We'll address them where, where we can and get your thoughts and certainly let you weigh in on that. Nick Shuley is here. The buck is out this morning. He is uh, Ty Henderson through the glass. We're coming right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's Bucky and Aaron. All right, B&E on a Wednesday, over the hump Wednesday. Nick Shuley hanging out with us, the uh, president of the Austin Music Movement, who was meeting with uh, high-level officials at the University of Texas yesterday. <laughs> I won't name drop for you, Nick. I know you're you're always working. You're always doing work. And then you were at the Jackson Brown Show last night at Moody. Uh, well, AC Alive at the Moody Theater, which was pretty cool with you and your pops. Uh, Ty Henderson is here. All right, uh, elephant in the room, uh, right before the show began, just before 6 o'clock, the, the horn, uh, our station put out a statement uh, that, that dropped. Of course, there's been a lot of curiosity and rumors within the market of changes coming at this radio station, and they are indeed true up until this moment. We haven't been able to address them, and now I can actually address them to the extent of the statement that was put out this morning, and I'll read it. It says uh, this was just put out by our uh, ownership group, this morning, uh, beginning August 2nd, the horn will no longer air on 1049 FM. Uh, that is a pretty significant situation. Uh, that is a, a sale of a, of a translator and, a, and a, uh, the signal 1049. The horn, however, will continue to air 24 hours a day, seven days a week on AM 1260-1019. And, of course, the horn app and at hornfm.com. Uh, so the horn, because there's been a lot of rumors in the market, Nick, that the horn is going away as an entity. That is not true. The horn is going away on 104.9 uh, on August the 2nd. Also, the statement reads, regrettably, the coming changes will also include a reduction within our incredibly talented and dedicated staff to bring changes to our weekday and weekend and on-air lineups. Austin Radio Network is a locally owned and operated radio and media company. Current economic and market realities combined with the rising operating costs have forced us to make extremely difficult decisions that we believe will allow for immediate stability. On August the 2nd, our programming lineup will consist of live local sports shows, national sports talk from some of the top names in the industry, as well as local and national play-by-play. To our listeners, 
clients, friends, and families, we thank you for your unwavering support. And that is the end of a brief statement of what's coming. And again, there are still things in the works and that are not official, but uh, obviously, Nick, there, there are changes coming to the radio station, and I can address it to this extent. I was, I mean, this is not a pat on the back. I was the, a big part of putting this radio station on the air uh, in 2010 when we actually it was late 2009 when um, I worked for a company called Simmons Media that had gone bankrupt. <laughs> and, um, you know, there was a lot of inner workings behind that, but the idea came to create the first FM sports talk station in Austin. And the signal was available on 104.9. And uh, I was the program director of that station at the time and uh, doing mornings. And the idea was let's put it on the air and let's grow this thing. And uh, that has happened, right? That was uh, 2009 into 2010. I believe our, our official on-air date was November the 30th of 2009. But really, we didn't get cranking with the FM side. Uh, I would say it really started in 2010. So 13 years, Nick, we've uh, built this radio station and you know, when we started, we had ESPN as an affiliate. Uh, we had a lot of national sports talk and uh, minimal uh, local talk. And my push with the the different company at the time, which you know became our current company over over the over the years, but initially was, hey, let's try to put as much local as we can because Austin's a local town. Austin likes local conversation. Um, the national stuff. You know, we don't have a pro team here. At least we didn't have a pro team in 2010. Uh, MLS has, has come and a lot, a lot of the sports landscape has changed dramatically, but, um, you know, in 2013 into 14, this station was taken over by Austin radio network. Uh, you know, that there's two different acronyms, GAR, which is greater Austin radio or genuine Austin radio and Austin radio network, which owns Coke FM, uh, and at time had owned the bat and then us. And that happened in 2014, Nick. And when, when, uh, that group, which is a group of local business people, uh, you know, people know the name Bob Cole from Coke FM. Jason Nasur is our primary owner, along with a board, and Eric Rains at Coke FM. Uh, they had a small independent radio station. We were a small independent radio station doing sports, and the two came together uh, in 2013 and 2014, and we've been with them ever since. Obviously, not long after uh, Austin Radio Network took over, uh, we acquired the UT football and flagship rights for UT sports, which was a big moment. And, you know, everything was trending in a, in a very positive direction. And over the time, we added as much local sports content and local sports conversation as we could. And that was a big push of mine and the leadership to be local. And, uh, you know, we were proud and have been proud to be the only station that can say we're live and local all day, every day, from 6 in the morning until 7 o'clock at night. And a lot of nights... We're local until 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. And we also pushed and built our weekend lineup uh, in and around Texas. We, knew we didn't have Texas sports. We wanted to be local in the mornings with our golf show and Casey Studdard and the crew on the uh, the Big Ugly Tailgate and Colonel Flowers at the High Ground and, and you know, all the shows we built on Saturday and Sunday mornings. Um, but, you know, when, when the statement says current economic realities and rising operating costs, uh, that's really what we're they are dealing with uh, at this point. I can't say we. They are dealing with, and it's uh, it's it's not cheap. Uh, people will maybe remember that recently we had um, a tenant dispute where we were locked out of our building. Uh, that was you know so there were there were rumors in the market. And that was a Monday where we couldn't get into the building, and our landlord locked the doors. Uh, there were rumors in the market that we weren't paying the rent, and uh, 
because we couldn't afford the rent. Well, that's not true. It was more of a tenant dispute with, you know, we believed we owed this much. They believed we owed this much. It was one of those things. I wasn't in those negotiations. But in the end, uh, that incident signifies the rising costs. I mean, you know, corporate real estate is rising. Our building is in West Austin. Uh, again, uh, we've got a lot of local programming. We've got a lot of, uh, you know, ad revenue for radio is down since COVID has come and gone. A lot of people aren't going to work anymore. They're not in their cars as much as they used to be. Uh, the landscape has changed in radio. And uh, so we have we are adjusting to that as quickly as we can. But part of what will be coming uh, on August the 2nd will be, you know, a, a scale back. Uh, in our overall profile in order to, as it says in the statement, to stabilize and then hopefully grow back again as we adjust to the market or they adjust to the market. Uh, so that's the news. You know, we've got a couple of weeks to bring it full and bore and uh, and talk with you and get you ready for the college football season. But just know as of August, there will be shows as usual on August the 1st. And then on August the 2nd, there will be changes coming, including the horn no longer broadcasting on 104.9 FM. And- well, I, I appreciate all that, and I, I'd like to say something honestly. From the, I can't speak for all the fans, but just as a fan of the show, I think you know we've all, we've all, we all kind of been with you guys for a long time, and and you know I, I spend my mornings with y'all most mornings, and I think I've had the unique opportunity to kind of get to know you guys and just know between you, Bucky and Ty, like you, I think you guys are, I'll, I'll say it, are a lot are people. You're people who a lot of people care about, and uh, I heard a great talk once from uh, Scott Galloway, a big marketing mind, that said that there's nothing more intimate uh, as in in marketing than the relationship you share with your ears because your your AirPods, et cetera, all that stuff's directly to you, so you feel like you know people. And he has a huge podcast, and he said people come up to him and act like they're his best friend, and I'm sure you guys experience that a sure. lot. But I think that. Um, I think that a lot of Texas fans feel that way, and I know we're, you know, we're we're very anxious to see what what happens with you guys, and you know, between you, Bucky, and Ty, I think with these are these are how I spend my mornings. I feel I felt like I knew you guys before I knew y'all, and uh, you know, I you know, I think we all wish you nothing but the best. I don't I don't know enough uh, inside baseball to know all of what's going on, but just know we support y'all and, and are are anxious to hear where this goes. Uh, and uh, this text is a fair set, Texas. The statement is still vague; doesn't say what show and who. Well, I hope you'll understand that we needed to put a statement out because of some, you know, tweets and some things that were out early in the month that were wrong. Um, because there were reports that the the station, the Horn, as an entity, was going to be gone, and you know that's that's not true. The Horn will live on in what regard it is. Of course, it'll be on 1019. I'll also say, you know, we're going to hear from people that 1019 signal is a signal that is a translator that we have in Williamson County that is. You know, a lot of people aren't going to be able to hear that on the radio uh, in the mornings. Um, but the plan is, according to the the ownership, to to move that signal and improve that signal in time. I don't know what the timeline is on that. I can't give a, a firm, but that is the plan, uh, so that we will have a strong, you know, market wide signal, just like 1049. But that signal is being sold, um, as is 1053. But the um, to the question of still vague. I hope people understand there are still things happening. There are still common. I mean, you know, could I, do we know exactly who, what the shows are going to be and who's going to be where? I don't. I mean, again, this it becomes awkward. But at the same time, not everything is official. Uh, not everything is done. Uh, there's there's inner workings that are happening on a day by day basis that we're working through, uh, and they're working through. The statement needed to go out probably needed to go out sooner. 
uh, and we got a lot of questions on the text line of why are you guys avoiding the topic? Well, you know, I mean, we are the show of the people. Buck, uh, Buck and I have always tried to be as transparent as possible. But, um, you know, to this very second, there are things that likely will happen on August 2nd, but they're not official yet, Nick. They're not done. Uh, there are negotiations happening and, um, you know, things need to be worked out. And that's, you know, I'll take you behind the curtain and how the sausage is made as much as I can. But, you know, it's not fair to anyone to, to talk about things that aren't official yet. Uh, there's a belief of where it's going, and that's why the statement is vague. But uh, what I do know is the horn will air 24 hours a day, seven days a week on the Horn app at hornfm.com on 1260. And let me say something. AM radio is a dinosaur, but that AM 1260 signal is our strongest signal of any of our stations in the in the cluster uh, during the day. So, you know, that is an AM signal that will be on and live and local, uh, and the programming changes will come. Uh, trust me, we will announce them officially as we can uh, and also, you know, do a, do do justice to the to the on-air talent that you know won't be with us beyond August the second, and that's in, or with them. I I keep getting caught, caught up in my prepositions here, but uh, we had to put a statement out. Let me just say that, and um, I know that there's still vagaries to it, but as much information as I can, we can give, I will give. I mean, if you have questions, we'll we'll answer them to the to the extent that we can, and it's unfortunate uh, because there are going to be major changes uh, to the radio station and the station that we have. Uh, tried to build and uh, people we tried to put on and conversations we tried to have, uh, but it's just a reality of the current market. It's not uh, an indictment of any people. It's where it's where it's at right now, and to to pare back and to adjust. Obviously, not having the University of Texas flagship rights that hurts revenue, big picture as far as sales and things of that nature. But again, that's that's uh, you know, specific conversations we don't want to get into. But it's a market reality, and it's unfortunate and. Uh, as someone, as I said, who st- who was here when it all started, I hope it continues long into the future. But just know this is part of that, you know, transition that will happen. And I've been through many of them <laughs> in radio, and uh, certainly July of 2023 is a challenging market. Uh, you know, ESPN's laying off a ton of people. It's just one of those. You live within the media realm, Nick. You know that things are that there's challenges to be had. You work in the music industry. There's a challenge to keep the Austin the live music capital of the world with the rising costs and can uh, live music establishments stay stay open for business to, you know, incubate and bring in young talent and stay the live music capital of the world? That's a challenge you work with on a daily basis. Yeah, these these these, uh, these mediums that we experience things through are shifting so much, and and a lot of the way we experience music, a lot of the way we experience sports, you know, a lot's shifted to to podcasts, et cetera. But I, you know, I know there definitely is a, a need for it. I think so. I think I think it's. Uh, it's figuring out the right way as brands to get involved, and I and I think that that's kind of the deal. Is a lot of these a lot of these bigger brands. I think there's actually some ways to make a big mark through radio, through podcasts, through these extra extra mediums. But yeah, it is. It's definitely shifting times and in, in conversations, and and I think uh, yeah, we're watching it happen real time. I, you know, a lot of these a lot of these industries are are changing big time, and they have been changing. You know, the the newspaper industry is the same way. There's a lot of a lot of these shifts, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how a lot of this plays out. Regardless of what happens or what it looks like, Texas athletics will still be covered on the horn, though. Oh yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's one thing that yeah. was a little confusing with our last statement because it mentioned Texas Texas Rangers games will still be played. We're shifting to an all Texas Tech yeah, station we, here, we, so <laughs> just, uh, it was, as just of July, bring the new fans in. <laughs> well, as of this month, the the horn and Austin Radio Network are no longer the flagship home for Longhorn athletics. I mean, that is, you know, Learfield. Sports controls that, and they cut a new deal with a different media cluster and radio cluster in town. 
And that's just the way that works. We, you know, I was at Clear Channel when we had it before, and then we took it from them, and then they, and it's back to iHeartMedia now. Moving forward, that that's part of the radio and media deal. But that just means that the games won't be correct aired correct on, yeah. on any of our. I mean, there's there's still no other full time you know local talk sh- sports, and I think that's what so many of us want. And so I mean, and even in I know a lot of folks in Dallas, Houston who listen, who I had no idea listen, and they listen however they can, whether that's you know hornfm.com or or the app, et cetera. And and I think people want that localized. Texas sports talk. I know I see it come in all the time when people are like, hey, talk more about the Longhorns. Talk more about the Longhorns, less about baseball or whatever it is. But (laughs) We talk about changing landscapes, and that that would be for this radio group, you know, the the future. As, you know, when the Longhorns play a game on Saturday uh, and, you know, we talk about it on Monday morning, there's no one else doing that. If you live in Dallas or Houston or, you know, they're talking about the Cowboys and they're talking about the Texans and they're talking about the Astros. Uh, We are, and that, that, that app, you can listen to anywhere you are. Yeah. Uh, we, we get texts all the time from all over the world. Uh, people are listening you know, around the world, around the globe, because they want to know what's going on with the Longhorns, and we will, as Ty said and you just said, Nick, continue to deliver that uh, as we move forward. But the statement has been posted. Uh, we can certainly comment on it, and I'll give you the thoughts that I can. I mean, uh, there's still going to be vagaries at this point, but at the same time, uh, change is coming, and uh, we'll try to express it as we can. We'll come back. We'll continue the conversation on a Wednesday morning up over the hump on Benny. Bucky and Aaron. Appreciate all the comments and texts on the uh, statement the station released this morning pertaining to upcoming changes to uh, the Horn as a radio station. You can read that at our Facebook page, also on our Twitter account, Instagram, and uh, at our website at hornfm.com. Also at the website, make sure you're signing up. We're still having fun with the uh, final golf major, which will tee off tonight, actually, tonight and tomorrow morning over there at uh, Royal Liverpool in Hoylake. Uh, get those picks in. Nine golfers, have fun with it. Rory McIlroy will be a favorite for sure. What about Scotty Scheffler? Jordan Spieth is an open champion in the past. Go ahead and make those picks, and we'll have fun with it all through the weekend. And uh, one of those fun weekends with morning golf. You can roll up, roll over and turn it on, and you'll be watching uh, major golf from uh, from the U.K. So we're looking forward to that. It says, uh, And, again, appreciate all the text, and we'll address the, the statement as we can. Just know that there are still vagaries to it, um, but – because not everything has been finalized to this point, and we're working through what's going to happen and what's going to change. And, um, you know, we don't want to make official word until there's official word, I guess I would say. So we put out what we could say uh, with clarity, which is that the horn is not going away. The horn is changing. Uh, The station will survive. It will not be broadcast on 104.9, but as somebody said, the 104.9 signal is about as strong as Chad Pennington's arm, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) which... I like, but again, the most important thing for folks who will still be listening to the Horn in its new incarnation in August will be the Horn app has got to have it. We just got a text from them that said, uh, I'm listening to you from the West Texas oil field. There you go, West Texas oil field. Love listening reminds me of being home. So, yes. And, you know, I'll say this, Nick. I mean, the uh, Nick Shuley is here. Bucky was, I'll say this for Bucky. Bucky had pre-planned to be off today and tomorrow and Friday. So this is not like, Where's Bucky kind of thing, and that's just bad coincidence. And I appreciate you being here because it's not an easy day for you to sit over there and listen to me, you know, talk about things I'm not sure of yet. But, um, you know, I will say this, and this is not me boasting, but I've been doing this this job 
since I left left college at St. Edwards in 1995, and I've been fortunate to never have to leave Austin. Most people have to bounce around and market to market to market. Uh, I've been very lucky to, you know, raise a family here and work in sports radio since I since I left um, St. Edwards and graduated in the mid 90s, and uh, you know, been blessed to be a part of the first ever all sports station in Austin, which was the Zone. Um, actually, when I came out of college, there was a station called Sports Fan 1490, Nick. I don't know if you remember that one. Sports <laughs> Fan 1490. I was fortunate enough to be a part of that. I was the producer for a guy named Dribble and Dick Dickerson. And um, turns out he and there was another guy named Max Miller. But the behind the curtain of that is they were the same person. That's an amazing story. Max would do the morning show, and then he would disguise his voice as Dribble and Dick Dickerson in the afternoon. And when I first started in radio, I produced both of those shows. Uh, morning and afternoon did the old split shift thing. Uh, but that led to an opportunity at the Zone, which what became the Zone. Thirteen hundred AM, you know, had some sports talk at the time, but um, you know, we were part of putting the first all sports channel on, which we did, and I was there for ten years. Uh, loved that opportunity, and then came over here and we put the first FM sports talk station on the air. As I said, in late twenty oh nine into twenty ten, and that's the Horn. And again, the Horn is not going away; it's just changing and evolving. But I would say, as someone who's been in the market this long. I think the uh, the sports radio market in this in in Austin is thriving. I think it will thrive. I really do. Um, there's you know there's a chance in the coming months there will be three sports channels on um, with what's happening in the market. It's just in our situation there's an economic reality of you know resetting for our ownership group and everyone in media and everyone in radio is trying to because it's changed so much. With the streaming and the uh, streaming services, and you know, COVID was a big hit for a lot of people. Uh, radio habits and radio listening habits and patterns changed through COVID and coming out of COVID. So everyone is adjusting market well, correction. I think a lot of us are wondering the, the question of, of like, you know, what's the, and you don't have to answer it right now, but I think what's the best way for, for people to help or people to get involved? Because I know I, I'm hearing that. And like you just said, I just got a text from East Texas, from Tyler, Texas, from. Uh, Jim Hoobly, who's a good friend of mine's dad, and he's out there listening on hornfm.com. I mean, so I think a lot of people want to figure out, you know, how to help, and I don't know the right answer, but, uh, you know, <laughs> I think we, we want to know. <laughs> By advertising. That's what I figured. I figured it's <laughs> that. That's why I talked about so brands. local radio. Heck yeah, man. That would be the short answer. But no, we appreciate that so much. And yes, we understand. And it's uh, it's, it's not going to be a fun couple. It has not been a fun month, I will say that. And uh, appreciate working with all the people I do work with, and uh, they're some of the best, some of the best. We'll be back. Be any on the horn.